uh, stories just because it's it's an all in one platform like it's got so many so many great things on it right yeah. so yeah so I spend okay. most of my time there now Yes, I've noticed. I noticed a lot of people, like a lot of the top guys ever on Snapchat are all on Instagram stories and IGTV, like Gary, all over the place, as we know. But um, I just, you know, I I thank you for coming, uh, you know, being on the show. We've been trying to do this for quite a while. And both were just missing Missing stuff and rescheduling and all that kind of stuff. What a perfect opportunity. You were actually coming to Orlando. Yeah, that's super funny. I know. It was just coincidental. But um, this is Chris Cubby. Um, He's based out of Denmark. I'm going to let him tell a little bit about who he is um, and his his company. And um, I'm going to hopefully we get some people on board to ask some questions. If not, you know, this will be available you know, on, on my page, Big White Media, and I'm, Chris will have it as well. So be able to share it with his fans and his followers. But uh, some Absolutely. great content, great information today for everybody out there. If you're a struggling company for marketing or if you're a startup company, uh, we're going to talk about some great stuff, some real stuff. Um, and hopefully you guys can learn some stuff from it. So hopefully. Yeah. So tell them about you. So, like Brian said, my name is Chris uh, Cubbernus. My friends call me Cubby. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own digital agency based in Copenhagen, Denmark, of all places. Um, I'm originally Canadian, but I immigrated to Denmark about 10 years ago-ish. And, you know, basically, from a very young age, I wanted to be into marketing. I'm just like, I knew it age like 12 that I wanted to do this so at 14 I was doing uh, an internship at an ad agency at 16 I was building websites for clients like for anybody that wanted one I was building websites 18 at 18 I was doing like digital marketing email marketing uh, search engine optimization websites all that kind of stuff Um, so I've been doing this a long time right so and then you know I went to university took a degree in communications did various jobs uh, worked both in agents at an ad agency, but also client side, so mm-hmm. working for for a couple of big brands. Mm-hmm. And then 2016, I decided to open up Cub and Co. Okay, my agency. Um, and yeah, it's been a wild ride, man. It's just been yeah, growing and getting new clients and getting uh, team members on board and yeah. basically learning learning how to run a fairly mm-hmm. small, you know, small to medium sized business. So, mm-hmm. So that's what I do, and I, of course, have used social media to get my brand out there, my personal brand, get the things that I have on my brain, the, you know, <laughs> the asinine thoughts that I sometimes <laughs> have about marketing and business and, you know, and digital media and all those sort of things, and I've used uh, the platforms to get that information out, and, you know, I've been lucky some stuff has gravitated towards some, you know, or people have gravitated towards <laughs> me and, and the things that I've said, Yeah. so I was able to build a massive following on Snapchat fairly early uh i got in early i did like nobody was really even before guys like gary vanderchuk was doing anything Mm -hmm. so i built a following really quickly and it and it sort of it kind of spiraled out of control at that point (laughs) uh you know and getting listed in you know some nice magazines and and things like that and getting to speak around the world and yeah so it's it's been a wild ride so so well before we talk about our first topic i gotta ask you something your new thing business douche (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had to ask you about this. Okay, hashtag, okay. hashtag business douche. Hashtag business douche. It started about a week ago, I think. Uh, I was just on a trip somewhere, and I was just like, okay, let's let's be real. Let's real talk here for a second. There's a lot of you know business gurus and marketing gurus and and you know entrepreneurship stuff on Instagram. A lot of it's you know pretty much cookie cutter, the same sort of stuff, and I've 
like I'm guilty of that as well like don't get me wrong uh, uh, I'm definitely contributing to the noise <laughs> um, and I was just being a little satirical and, and like started using hashtag business douche as in like business douchebag um, and putting that on some of my Snapchat or my Instagram stories and people people have liked it a lot. They're like, okay, this is I mean, kind of funny, right? It is so, kind of funny. So I'm going to continue to do it until <laughs> it dies, until someone's like, okay, this isn't cool anymore. But, well, uh, I think yeah. we all know those types of people. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, they're, they're, they're out there. I mean, it's okay. I mean, I understand. Like, do what you got to do and... and you know, but the the obligate like some of the stuff is like the obligatory. You know, getting on a plane, shot the you know the uh, you know got my sunglasses on in in uh, in the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having dinner, business meetings all the time, like hustle, 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 all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you know, we we've seen enough of it. We we know where it's at. So now it's sort of going into the satire. I think my favorite one is probably one of the most common shots that these guys take is they always take a picture in a big city with them by a lake or a body of water <laughs> leaning on a fence on their cell phone true true <laughs> exactly it's like enjoy I mean, the scenery man. Like, i know yeah that that happens i mean but it's i mean it's fine like people are going to do what they're going to do and, and i don't want to be uh putting anybody down it's just for me it was it was okay how can i how can I spin this towards yeah. my attitudes or, or my feelings on it? And, and it's yeah. kind of paid off in, in some ways. That's so cool. Hey, it's, it's content. It's, fun. it's good. Co- yeah, it's, it's, content. it's funny content. People, <laughs> it gets people, people talking. People seem it's to like content. it. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that's good. what we tell brands. Yeah. <laughs> put out content. Yeah, put out content. Right? So, so, yeah. um, so the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is something that I've been talking about on my personal podcast. And it's really about entrepreneurship. Okay. And my title is Entrepreneurship Sucks. Why do we do it? Right. And I think that's a question that a lot of us ask ourselves sometimes in certain days. Yeah. Why are we still doing this? Yeah. So tell me, you know, you, you know you've yeah. come about this the last few years, but why do you still do it? Why do I still do it? I mean, okay, let's, let's unpack it a bit because I think, you know, there's going to be times where you think it sucks. Like anybody who's listening who's an entrepreneur or a business person or doing their own side hustle or whatever, like if there's not times where you're like, this is suck, this sucks. Um, I'd be worried because you're probably a psychopath. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like I you better Never. check yourself because no, I mean like, okay, I'm, I'm being a little funny here, but the honestly, the truth is, is that, you know, it's never always great. There's never a hundred percent upside. There's never like, Oh my God, this is amazing. There's times where it's like, this is freaking hard and it hurts. And, but that if you know that, if you have that sort of mentality, like, okay, but I'm going to be stronger at the other side of this. Um, I mean, nobody, I mean, some people really love going to school. Some people are like, oh, this sucks. Like getting up at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. or whatever, or going to the gym. Like some people hate going to the gym, but they Mm -hmm. know that, you know, I need to do this if I want to, you know, keep myself healthy. I mean, and that's the same with business. Sometimes it's like, this sucks, but the end goal, the result or where you're going and your goals are much bigger than the temporary pain and the temporary suckage mm-hmm. that you're experiencing right now. So, so that's sort of how I feel about it. And why do I keep doing it? It's like, I would say like everybody's searching for freedom mm-hmm. in some ways. Like I think one of the, the most common human threads throughout history, throughout life, throughout everything is like we're all searching for freedom. And that can come in many different forms for many different people. For me, 
and for entrepreneurship or, or sort of my attitude toward entrepreneurship is that that freedom is entrepreneurship is that freedom for me mm -hmm. is that sort of I can do what I want um, or at least do it the way that I want you know what I mean exactly. it's not yeah, always definitely. like what I want but do it in a way that I have more control or I have more um, ability to, the, to determine the outcomes than I do if it's anything else right for someone else it might be something different like some people find massive freedom in working for entrepreneurs mm -hmm. like I don't tell everybody like you should go in entrepreneurship like I think lots of people should and would be much happier and would do a good job if they were like you know working for for entrepreneurs or working for businesses because that provides them the freedom because they're able to spend more time with their kids they're able to do nine to five they're able to exactly right like entrepreneurship is really hard like it is a lot of hours um, it's a lot of sacrifice uh, and it's not for everybody right so, no it's definitely not for everybody um, I, you know like I said I, I'm new to being a full-time entrepreneurship I got laid off I spent 30 years in the corporate world and back in okay. the beginning of 2016 is when I got laid off my last job because the company shut down okay. and I was just fed up with it at that time and I was just running a part-time agency at the time and trying oh, to build cool. client but you know client base and building followers and, and stuff like that nice. and kind of trying to figure out what I really wanted to do when I grew up right so um I just finally got frustrated grow <laughs> yeah I grow up when I grow up yeah. so but I mean I, like you said I mean it's just you know, it, you don't do, you don't do, you don't become an entrepreneur for the money. No, I mean it's you not at the start don't. for sure. I mean, no, some I read a stat that entrepreneurs make, like on average, entrepreneurs make twenty thousand dollars less a year, on average yeah, than the, than a person in their field normally would. Yeah. So it's not, <clears throat> uh, you know, the money isn't there at the beginning. The money there comes. I mean, a lot of my employees make more money than me. Yeah. Which is like, people go, why? Why are you doing this then? It's like, but I'm looking at it long term. Like, I'm not looking at the payoff now. Yeah. I'm looking at like 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's like, I know that there's not, it's not a monetary thing at this point. Yeah. You so, do it for the freedom. You do it for, you know. Exactly. And hope, you know, as long as you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, 10, 15 years down the road, later on. You're gonna have all of that extra freedom that you normally wouldn't have long term yeah. with you know working for a corporate job. But like you said, I mean, it, entrepreneurship definitely isn't for everybody. Right. And um, you, you, there's a lot of things that you have to check yourself on before you become an entrepreneurship. Um, I actually did a podcast about that. The top five things that uh, most entrepreneurs don't know going into owning their own business. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of like stuff that most people could not be able to handle. Right. Um, and if you can't. But it's, you know, like you said, I mean, it's not about the money. And I do it because I do it because it makes me happy. I do it because yeah. I can do things what I want, when I want, and how I want it. But I still have to do it within, you know, w within that, that boundary of what our industry allows right. still. You know, we still have those parameters and those There's guidelines still, yeah. and everything else, just like a corporate job was. Absolutely. But it's right. just different. Yeah. It's just a different, like, <clears throat> I mean... I say entrepreneurship is freedom, but at the same time, it's like, it's still like, you know, if you deal with clients like I do, like, you know, I still have a boss. Like, I might be the boss, but I still have a boss, and that's my clients, right? Yeah. And that's and that's the people that I work with that demand things from me and, and need things from me. So it's not like, you know, there's a misconception out there that it's like entrepreneurship is like, you don't have to answer to anybody or 
you know what I mean? Like, you're a, you're a rebel, you're, like, you're completely... No, it's not the case. Like, everybody has to... You still have to, you know, meet demands. You still have to work. You still have to... You still have to, uh, to sort of, yeah, have a boss or, or, you know, have some constraints on mm-hmm. you, right? Like, that's, that's how it is, so... Definitely. Um, so if, before we move on, um, if you could give one piece of advice for somebody considering becoming their own, you know, an entrepreneur or starting their own business, what would you say? Uh, I would say, I would say like one of the biggest things that worked for me and it won't work for everybody, but some people will, you know, be good at this. Some people won't, but essentially one of the things that worked for me is like, I already had a ton of industry background. I already had like a ton of network. I already had a ton of uh, people that I could reach out to mm-hmm. when I first started that I could get my business up and running. Um, so I had sort of a running start. Uh, that helps out a lot, right? So if you're going to start a business, I think one of the things that you should do is is you should really look at, okay, who can I sell to or who's my customer or how do I get this up and running? Um, because the, the thing that kills businesses is cash flow. Like if you just do not have the money, if you do not have the momentum, mm-hmm. it gets really hard. It gets very difficult and, and you sort of start questioning a lot of things and, you know, you, you start to you start to maybe think about, you know, doing it a different way or maybe you quit or whatever it is like. So momentum is key. And if, and if you can do it as a side hustle to start and then transition to it, I think it's, it's much, much, it's typically better because you're developing something, you're building something on the side mm-hmm. that then you can say, okay, now it's time to switch over. And I think that would be my biggest like <laughs> advice is don't, don't necessarily quit your day job just yet. Uh, go work on the thing on the side, build it up on the side until then you can transition it. Especially if you have like a mortgage to pay or two kids or three kids or, you know what I mean? Like the less, I mean, the best thing is if you start young, if you start early Mm -hmm. when you have not a lot of responsibilities because you could literally sleep on your parents' couch and build your business. Like that's why you see a lot of entrepreneurs that are young. Now you also see entrepreneurs that are like old that start things. But they do things differently. They have a background. They have a. Exactly. They sort of get into something that they've been in doing for a long time, right? So, it's just if you if you haven't been in the business before of what you want to get into, start young, start early, um, and if it's something that you know you're a little bit older, you have more responsibilities. Do it as a side hustle, then transition to it. I would say that's my biggest. Advice. Good advice. Good advice. Good advice. Yeah, I mean, definitely don't go and you know lose your mortgage and lose your family over this. Um, you no, know, that definitely call, be yeah. strategic about it. That um, can also be motivating. Like for me, um, I did that. Like I was like, I didn't have a lot of money saved. I had, I had to make it fly. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I have two kids, a wife, mortgage, two cars. Like, so I had to make it work. That's also nice. When you're pressed into a corner, you basically have to survive. You have to get your shit together and uh and make it work right so that also helped for me but i had the background i had mm-hmm. like 20 years of marketing oh okay and branding yeah. and, and and agency experience so it, it was it was a little bit easier yeah right i was definitely. lucky in that sense definitely so yeah. cool so um one of the th- biggest things i want to talk about and it's <clears throat> really a huge focus on a lot of um 
a lot of gurus, I want to say, content or what they're preaching about and what they're educating people about. And Gary talks about it, and he's been talking about it for, I don't know, five or, five or six years, um, is content. Right. Yeah, we all talk about content, but it's not just throwing stuff up there that's meaningless. Right. Um, and I see it, and I, I wanted to talk to you about this because one of the biggest things that I see with companies these days is they use a lot of stock content. Right. And stock content does not speak to their brand. Right. It's hard to find stock content that's relative to your brand True. that speaks a message. True. And as we know today, it's it's not about all of these followers that you can get or having a million followers. It's about how many people you can get engaged into your content that's going to talk about your product and may possibly buy it. Right. So let's talk about branded content and content that's meaningful. And, you know, what kind of advice can you give people or, or how to, you know, sometimes some of these companies don't have a lot of money to spend on, you know, like a production team to do content right. for us or for you. Um, so what are some good ways to go about this? I mean, the first step is understanding your customers insanely well. Um, you cannot provide valuable, entertaining, or any kind of content that will resonate with your audience if you do not understand your audience. So if you don't understand their pains, their problems, their challenges, um, what they need from you, what they want from you, um, what their mindset is. If you don't understand those things, you will flounder. You will make content that is in for anybody. It's basically like, okay, who's this for? I don't know. It doesn't provide any value. It's a, brands often take a content approach of, let's talk about us. Then we'll talk about the customer's problems or mm -hmm. let's talk about us all the way. Like we'll just like make content about how we've done such an amazing job building our product. And it's like, that's where things go wrong, mm -hmm. right? Cause they're not understanding that people don't give a crap about you. They give a crap about themselves. Like that's mm -hmm. a natural, that's a human sort of nature. So I would say when it comes to companies uh, doing better content, it's one just like really understanding who their customers are and what they need and going full into that like being selfless like forget about your brand for a second mm -hmm. forget about that stuff will come and just deliver really valuable branded content that is for your either engages or entertains or uh, educates or whatever those sort of you can get all three as well like mm -hmm. um, that's the sort of trifecta if you can do that um, and that'll go so much farther yeah right so I'd say I say like that's my biggest advice for, for companies okay yeah yeah, because one of the things that I see, I mean, you see it very commonly on, on either one, it it's becomes monotonous content. Like, you'll go to these big brand coffee shop, coffee brands, and all you all you see is posts about coffee. Yeah, that's it. Like, we know as a customer, we're customers. We know you sell coffee. Right. So why should we go to your coffee shop versus the coffee shop two doors down or three doors down? So that's what you were talking about. Well, part. I think there's another aspect of that, which is differentiation, which is like, how do you, I mean, it's competition, like marketing is competition. So you also have to look at what are our competitors doing? Like what kind of content are they producing? How do we do it differently? How do we do it? And it's not necessarily better. It could be, I've seen tons of brands that like lower the production quality completely, like literally shoot with this thing. Like, and mm -hmm. that's, you know, and, and cutting through the noise and getting to people much more effectively. Um, and without the super quality budgets. But what they've understand is like their competitors are doing this, we're going the other way. We're doing something completely different, right? So, I mean, if Starbucks, I don't know what they would do. I have no idea what their content looks like or 
or sort of what they're doing. But if they're doing nice shots of coffee beans being roasted, it's probably not going to cut through the noise. There's probably a thousand other brands that yeah. are doing that, right? So, exactly. So they need to they need to mix it up. I actually saw a recent uh, campaign. I think some from Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just launched, which was like they're doing like a, a comedy series or like a like looking. It looks like a 1980s, 1990s sitcom. Okay. About, and they're like, no, it's just launched. It's like, it's it's literally, it's a different spin on it, right? Like most people would show off nice shoes, nice gear, like here's what's in our store. Instead, they took it the other way and they're like, how do we, how do we entertain our audience? How do we, how do we give them something of value that makes us stand out compared to the billion other shoe, you know, companies or the places where they can buy Nike gear, like. So it's it's kind of like in that zone, like mm-hmm. looking at your competitors. What are they doing? How do we go completely the other way? Makes sense. Yeah, makes definitely makes sense. So I mean, it's I'll tell you that's that's probably the most challenging aspect of my team's job and, and our company's job and probably yours too is is all of these different brands that we represent or we get hired uh, to do work for is and that's the whole part of that research phase that comes up front, you know, when we step in is people don't realize uh, as far as being a branding agency or any type of marketing agency, how much work we put into for a new client in the beginning stages, because we may not know a lot about that industry or or that brand or who they're, so we got to find out all of that. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, fun. Yeah. We have to dig deep and and dive into this uh, industry that, we don't we're not experts on no absolutely. so and you know that's probably that's very challenging but when you're talking about smaller companies you know these startup companies and stuff like that i find is actually a little bit easier because depending on the type of product or service that they offer it's a little less maybe saturated or competitive so it's easier to find a message for you know for them or help them find their message yeah oftentimes like small businesses or small and medium businesses are better equipped because their competitors suck yeah. Like, they're just like, their competitors haven't even gotten into doing email marketing properly. And it's like, okay, you guys have completely blue ocean here to, to do whatever you want, mm-hmm. and you'll stand out like this, because literally you have no competition. It's much different at the top when you're talking to, like, we have a couple makeup brands. Like, when you're talking with them, there's so many makeup brands, and there's so many influencers doing makeup stuff. So it's like... What do you do as a makeup brand on YouTube that stands out in the millions of makeup and cosmetics uh, content pieces out there? Mm-hmm. Right, so it's a much different game, and you're like, you basically have to do a ton of creative concept development and looking at and research and looking at the market and looking at sort of where can we sit in this sea of content, right? So I, I often sometimes really like working with uh, smaller brands because. Literally, their competitors suck ass. Mm-hmm. So anything is going to like crush it for them, right? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's nice. So speaking of makeup, I'm gonna yeah. throw throw Kylie Jenner's line out there since she's hit the news so much in the past six months. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to think, and I'm sure a lot of these makeup brands are probably thinking to themselves, how does somebody so young, even though she's got a name behind her, somebody so young become a billionaire so fast with her makeup line, right. and they've been doing it for. 10, 15, 20 years. Right. And probably aren't even a billionaire, billion dollar company. Right. So what's your take on that? Um, there's some things at play here, right? Like there's a cultural play, which is 
we are brands really can catch fire in today's world simply because of technology simply because of of that messages can reach global audiences like this mm -hmm. right and you're not reliant on television or radio or print or any of those things to do that so culturally and technologically that's like the big the big thing right so there's lots of unicorn brands being built based on that like Kylie Jenner's only one example mm -hmm. there's lots that are that are sort of doing this the other side of that is I tell a lot of companies that that content that creates conversation that builds a community equals cash yep right so if you can get these things going right good content that creates conversations that builds a community it'll equal cash that's essentially what the Kardashian empire has done oh yeah they've said like we're gonna create content reality TV is content mm -hmm. we're gonna create content we're gonna build these these uh, girls into celebrities and we're going to be everywhere and any like on all social media platforms that we can get our hands on to um, and we're going to uh, we're gonna build a brand off that and that's what essentially they've done they've mm -hmm. just said like okay we're going to build up our fame through reality television and through you know some very smart PR moves and then we're going to monetize that to build a product and to to sell to an audience yeah. it's it's a very simple formula I mean but it then you, you see like you see other famous people doing the same thing now like Rihanna's got her own makeup mm -hmm. and uh, and some influencers are doing it now like Jeffree Star <laughs> and, and all these other people that are like putting up their own stuff now and it's based on it's also based on the fact that these indie brands um, feel like it, it's sort of voyeurism in some way. Mm -hmm. Like you look at a uh, a Kylie Jenner that's creating her own brand, you don't think of her as like a massive corporation. You think of her as having to struggle to make that brand, or or you think of her as like doing that on her own. Which is, of course, not true. We know that no. they've built that, you know, with a big team behind them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But because it's a, the face of that, because it's her, mm -hmm. and it's because it's an influencer doing it, it seems more like to our own heart. It seems like, oh, we could do that as well, right? Like, that's an inspirational story. Versus, like, if it was a corporation doing it, we as humans don't gravitate so much to that. Because we're like, well, any, like, any corporation can do that. That's yeah. easy. That's, like, no problem. Like, you guys could do that tomorrow. But the truth of the matter is, is like, that's, that's where we are in the culture is like, we want to see these heroic stories. We want to see these, these, uh, people, we want to have this voyeuristic attitude towards it. And that's, what's basically building their brand. Yeah. I mean, right? social media is really, I mean, you know, technology in itself, but especially social media in the past, you know, five, seven years has really transformed how brands, how fast brands can grow. Um, people that use it and they use it right and they, you know, they, they either educate themselves on it or they bring in experts to know what to do. Right. Those are the brands that are growing quickly. Um, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I talk about this all the time and I, I run into so many brands that still don't put a lot of effort or a lot of energy into their social media. Right. And you try to explain to them, you don't realize how much revenue you're missing out on yeah. by pushing stuff out on social media yeah i mean like and i think it's like social media is not for every brand like don't get me wrong i'm not gonna i mean there's sometimes where you look at something and you're like okay this is not gonna benefit you guys you're better off you know your audience isn't there but more likely than like 
it's very few brands that I come across that their audience isn't on social. Um, but I would say that that it's not just about putting stuff up on social media. Like social media, I, I had a tweet a few days ago and I stand by this. It's like the social media marketing game needs to get way more professional. There's oh, yeah, so right. many players in this game. It's Mickey Mouse. It's it's like you this is you guys are acting like children. <laughs> this is serious business. Yeah. This is not you don't fuck around with this anymore. Like this is literally like billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's 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 becoming a place where it decides if a brand is going to uh, live and die. I mean, we can see brands that didn't digitize fast enough, didn't see where the market is going, completely being decimated. They're not going to be around. Um, and so this is this is big business. This isn't like you know what I mean. So I I sort of tell uh, the agencies that I that I know and the agency owners like, listen guys, we got to step up our game. Mm-hmm. Like even us, like we need to step our up our game. We need to be talking to the CEOs and the CMOs and the CFOs. You know what I mean? It's no longer about the social media manager. It's no longer about those are great people and they you know yeah. you need to be talking with them as well. But I'm like this is uh, this should be on the topics of boardrooms. Yeah. Like, how are we doing in social media? How are we doing in content? How are we doing in, in reaching our audiences where they are? Mm-hmm. If that's not a conversation that you're having in the boardroom level, things need to change. And it's up to us, the marketers and the agency owners and the, the business people to make that happen because it's not going to happen on its own. No, it's definitely not. I, I mean, I definitely agree with you there because, I mean, as we know with a lot of companies, they all have the kind of like their, their uh, front people that you have to go through, so to speak. Yeah, and, like, I mean, I'm not saying, like, I'm not discounting uh, social media managers or digital managers. Like, we work with those people all the time. They're the amazing people, and they're making things happen, and a lot of them are super ambitious and, and doing great, incredible work for the brands they work with. I'm just saying that that it's often met with, why are we doing that? Yeah. Or it's often met with, what's the ROI of that? Or it's often met with criticism, mm-hmm. which is fine. It should be. But what I'm saying is that 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 criticism should be met with business acumen should be met with this is why we're doing this because this creates these results Mm -hmm. because this is where the market is moving here's the data here's the reasons here's the uh here's the uh yeah the business side of things right so i think that's where the market needs to move in terms of what we do for a living yeah exactly right no it definitely definitely needs to move in that direction and i i think a lot of um, and I've talked about this before in, in some of my podcasts is that a lot of a lot of executives, your CMOs, your COOs, your CEOs are still kind of like not jumping on board, so to speak. And they're kind of like still hiding behind the scenes and not getting themselves out there enough. And I tell, you know, brand owners all the time, I'm like, we need to get you out there a little bit. You know, people want to see what's behind the brand now. Yeah. Because you're the only, they're the only ones that know the real story behind the brand. True. Yeah. You know. I think it's right. I think it's it's getting them out there, but I also think it's like it's it, it's also a case of uh, educating the market, and it's also a case of of maybe they don't need to be out there. Maybe they just need to take you know more caution with it, or they need to be they need to be told. I'm not told. That's not the right approach. They need us as the consultants to help them get into this and explain it better and help them realize the seriousness of it, the criticality of it. I think yeah. that's what I'm sort of getting at. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I definitely get it. So it's good stuff, man. Cool. So wind down. I know you got 
stuff you got to do and before you fly work, out tonight. Work, 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 work. <laughs> yeah, it's always work. Yeah. But um, I appreciate you uh, doing the show with me. Uh, I think we hit on some good topics, some strong t- topics and for people to kind of learn from. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to do this again. I hope may so. may have to do it from across the pond. I'm in Orlando all the time, <laughs> man. Like, we're here, like, every quarter. Okay, so cool. So I'll be, I'll be back in, like six months or five months or something like that. All right, cool. So. Yeah, we can definitely do another one when you're over here. Yeah, sounds good. So, but appreciate your time. Thank and, you so much. Uh, thank cheers. you, sir. Take hey, cheers. Care. Thanks and, for watching. And we'll talk to you soon. Out there in the world.